Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Yes, Corey is who she is. That's what she told me. Good morning. Now, Corey's supposed to be silent. She's caught out. How are you? I'm well. Good. And, and uh, you know, I just maybe sometimes I'm a little bit uh, anal retentive, but... Um, no, retent- no, 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 no. Weary. <laughs> Weary of old bearded people. I just think that you've just got to love yourself for who you are, exactly. as long as you're not hurting anyone. Yeah, that's Even right. if you... Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mass murderer, that's who you are. Yes. Exactly. Yes. But you can be a mass murderer and not hurt people. <laughs> so you can kill them and not hurt them. You know that, don't you? Huh. Did you didn't realise that, did you? It's getting spooky. It is getting spooky. Well, oh, look, this is the Atticus Wall this week. Thank you, Corey, for doing all the... Bits and pieces here. It's wonderful. Okay, We're I'll see you in about an hour. Yep. This, yes, I've been deserted. This is the uh, Atticus World This Week broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. So if nature calls, you wet your pants, the Jehovah's Witness knock on your door, Asia wants to talk to you, your neighbour wants a cup of sugar. I don't know if they borrow sugar these days, or you'd actually ask your neighbour for a cup of sugar. They may put arsenic in it. You never know. But if it happens, don't despair. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchy Society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures, which are based on equal decision-making power that's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. And why that? The term anarchos, ancient Greek, without rulers. So it's not without rules, it's without rulers. So how do you create a society without rulers that is uh, functioning, that is safe, that is actually able to uh, deliver the goodies to the people living in that community. That's what anarchism is all about. And that's why many anarchists are involved in lifelong struggles, not just to create an anarchist society, but to make life better for people by involving themselves in a variety of political and social movements to ameliorate the situation we find ourselves in. Now, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Now, there's prophetic and pathetic, and 
when I see Mr. Joe Hockey spout economic theory, I think, is this man the treasurer of Australia? I mean, just extraordinary. Yesterday he was talking about tax cuts and bracket creep. Tax cuts and bracket creep, and how are they going to fund that? They're going to do a little bit more cutting. Yes, that's right. Cut some more essential community services. And then when uh, the market's got a little bit wobbly, no, they haven't collapsed. You can all relax. The superannuation's intact. They got a bit wobbly and they'll continue to be wobbly for some time to come. He said the fundamentals are right. The economic fundamentals are right. And I'm thinking to myself... The fundamentals are right. Here we live in a society that is based on one principle. One principle. And that's to create ever-increasing profits irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. We're not talking about everybody, just a small group of companies, large corporations who pull Joe Hockey and Tony Abbott out of their pockets occasionally to talk to the people to tell us how we've never had it so good. The fundamentals are okay. I mean, if the fundamentals are okay, you wouldn't actually have the world wobbling. Because a few stupid investors, you know, lose a bit of money. Would you? And if it got worse, you'd see all these people, including you, listening to this program, or many of you listening to this program are still in the workforce, or many retired people, see all their retirement savings and their wonderful, wonderful retirement plans go out the window in 24 hours. Bang. But the fundamentals are correct. Now, Joe, look, I hate one Joe to another, mate. You're giving us Joe's a bad name. Now, look, corporate economics, corporate capitalism is not about fundamentals. It's got nothing to do with the fundamentals being correct. Corporate capitalism is about creating ever-increasing profits for your major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. That's what it's about, Joe. It's not about fundamentals. You could have all the correct fundamentals and still find yourself in an economically difficult, if not dangerous, situation. And that's the dilemma. Forget about Mr. Packer and his handful of casinos. We've got the biggest casino on planet Earth, the world's stock markets. People pouring in billions of dollars. They don't give a shit about the fundamentals. What they're interested in is manipulating the system in order to augment their profits. They don't care about the people working in a particular company. They don't care about a particular company. 
Most of them wouldn't even know what they're investing in. They don't care about the fundamentals. All they care about is creating that profit. And if you suffer, bad luck. That's the beauty of capitalism. That's what it's about. Extraordinary. Joe, the sooner you retire and, you know, join Bromland Bishop in the pastures, the sooner we'll all be happier. And talking about retirement, well, Tony, now I must congratulate you for going to the Torres Strait because you've done something reasonable in your Prime Ministership because, you see, most Australians don't even know where the Torres Strait Islands are. Most Australians don't even know that one in five of Indigenous people in this country come from the Torres Strait Islands. Most Australians don't know that of the three official flags that Australia has, the Aboriginal flag and the Australian flag, the Torres Strait Islander flag is also, you know, a recognised Australian flag. So it's that's one positive. But I really have to draw the line of him saying all those wonderful things about Eddie Mabo. Because if I remember correctly, in 1992, the Abbots of the world and the Fishers of the world and the Howards of the world were frothing out the mouth when the High Court of Australia on the 3rd of June in 1992 made the historic decision that Indigenous people had rights to land in law because of their prior occupation of this continent. And the Eddie Mabo case, and it was there were three plaintiffs. There was uh, Father Rice, Mr Passy, who are, uh, is still alive, and Eddie Mabo. And over a ten-year period, battling through the Queensland courts and then to the High Court, they're actually able to demonstrate this. And although, you know, native title isn't everything, it's a beginning. But when it occurred, I remember people like Tony Abbott jumping up and down, telling us it was the end of civilization as we know it. That's right, the end of civilization as we know it. And before we know it, we would have people camping in our backyard, claiming Australians' backyard. And if you think I'm making this up, go back to the historical record of 1992. And you will see that Abbott and his cronies did everything possible to water down the Mabo decision to ensure that the spirit and the letter of the Mabo decision was washed down the legislative gutter. So, Tony, you speak with forked tongue. But I'm getting a little bit concerned. You know, the biggest asset that, you know, radicals have in this country is Tony Abbott. I love him. I love him. How transparent. Flagging political fortunes. You call the United States President to uh, ask you to uh, join the bombing campaign in Syria. Flagging political fortunes. Ah, you beat the drum regarding asylum seekers while you open the borders to transnational corporations through, you know, huge number of free trade agreements. And the list goes on and on. So, but I've got a great concern. 
I have a great concern because I think Joe Hockey and Tony Abbott are going to be consigned to the same boudoir as Bromland Bishop. What a tr- what a threesome! What a threesome! After the Canning by-election, because it's quite highly likely, highly likely, the Liberal Party will lose the Canning by-election because the resources miracle. The Chinese resources miracle has come to an end. Unemployment is increasing. And what happened to all that money? All those royalties? Well, somehow they didn't actually get very far, did they? Because they're not very much, are they? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. So here we are. Once he loses, once the Liberal Party loses the Canning by-election, I can imagine... Young Malcolm Turnbull, you know, merchant banker extraordinaire, just off the 200 rich list. Malcolm, you could do better, you know. You know, he'll be the new Prime Minister of the Liberal National Party. And then I'm concerned. Because Abbott is unelectable. Totally unelectable. Because not only have they made the mistake of, uh, you know, uh, their economic policies are, you know, the type of stuff you'd expect a grade two to trot out. But they've also alienated socially progressive issue oriented people who would normally vote for the Liberal National Party. And they've alienated them. And unless they come back into the fold, they ain't going to get re-elected. So when Malcolm becomes Prime Minister, he'll look at all these issue oriented issues, you know, Marriage equality, uh, maybe asylum seekers, and kind of scrub off those barnacles off the good Liberal National Party ship and then go for the jugular. But the problem is, irrespective of who the Liberal Party leader is and the Prime Minister is, they will be pushing out those same neoliberal policies deregulation. We want to remove all those laws which protect people from the excesses of the state and the corporate sector. That's what deregulation is about. And then they'll go on about privatisation. The state should revert back to its fundamental function and that is to maintain order. And they maintain order by maintaining using force to maintain the status quo. And then we'll have more about globalisation and three trade agreements. Amazing. And then we'll have more corporatisation allowing the corporate sector to continue to push their barrow. So instead of pulling out Tony Appett out of their pocket and getting him to speak for them or occasionally Joe Hockey, although he's a bit of an embarrassment economically, you know, We'll see Malcolm will be actually sitting in their top pocket talking with them because he's a man they understand. The corporate sector understand him because he's one of them. I mean, Abbott and Hockey, fools. Turnbull, he's their boy. So watch out. We'll have a real battle when uh, Malcolm Turnbull is Prime Minister in the next six to eight weeks. Not that 
Mr. Abbott will go quietly. But eventually, like Bromland Bishop, he will disappear. Edition of the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Jess I'm hosting today's program. Yes, now I've got a lot of announcements because there is a thousands of things happening that we're involved in, the Anarchist Institute is involved in. Don't forget, if you're in Melbourne, Friday the 4th of September, Resist Murdoch's Minions crew will be out. They'll be in Federation Square at 11.30 and they'll be walking up to the Herald and Weekly Times building to bear witness to the fact that we have the greatest tax evaders in our country, the greatest hypocrites in our country, telling us, you know, how we need to tighten our belts while paying peppercorn taxation, 21st century fox, 0.75%. News Corporation received $886 million tax refund in 2013. Wonderful. So they are. Resist Murdoch's minions will be there. 11.30 in Federation Square, near the corner of Elizabeth and Flinders Street. So meet there. And then, sorry, yeah, no, sorry, I got it wrong again. Corner of Flinders and St Kilda Road in Melbourne. You meet there at 11.30 and then march up to the Herald and Weekly Times building at 40 City Road, Melbourne. Fun and games as usual, security guards, police, the list goes on and on. But we'll be there until they close down. And maybe now we're not big. But in time, these people won't be able to actually work. They'll be laughed out of this country. Because not only do they have the audacity, you know, to fiddle with the taxation system so they legally pay almost no tax, and some of them, and Murdoch gets a tax refund, but then they have the gall to tell everybody else to pull in their belt. They have the gall to conduct witch hunts and warlock hunts, you know, against ministry tenants and people on social security benefits and people on unemployment benefits and people on disability support pensions, 33% of the Australian population. What a goal. It's about time people stood up to them. So if you've got a Murdoch outlet in your part of, this, your part of Australia, and I'm sure you have, you know, set up something on the uh, first Friday of the month. We'd like to see this go national. Because while they get away stock, stock free, well, there's an issue, isn't there? So there's that. Now, don't forget that Monday the 14th of September, PIBC, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, is holding a major public meeting again in Melbourne. doesn't have to be in Melbourne all the time. They will be holding a major meeting, that's right, in Melbourne at the Wheeler Centre, which is, for those of you who don't know where it is, it's at 176 Little Lonsdale Street, Melbourne, 6pm to 8pm. Speakers will be uh, Joan Coxedge, Rod Quantocht, and yours truly, Joe Toscano. And obviously we'll be talking about public interest before corporate interests. Now, public interest before corporate interest is motoring along. We have three branches. We're looking for... Uh, People to set up branches around the country. Now we've got the uh, Melbourne North branch, Pipsy Melbourne North. 
meets at the Jika Jika Community Centre. Uh, their next meeting is uh, Sunday the 30, 23rd of August and that's at uh, the corner of Plant and Union Street in Northgate. You enter the centre via the childproof gate, which can be a little bit of a uh, challenge for somebody like me, but I'm sure it won't be a challenge like for you. Now, Pipsy Frankston meets every second Tuesday at the Frankston Library at 5pm, and their next meeting is on Tuesday the 1st of September. They're also involved now in a direct action campaign, and... uh, from the 27th of August, 11am, they'll be congregating outside Bruce Bilson's office, who is the mem- federal member for Frankston, a member of Tony Abbott's cabinet and one of his greatest supporters. And obviously they'll be asking unpleasant questions like, what are you going to do about public health, Bruce? What have you done about public education, Bruce? Because when it comes to the public sector, the Liberal National Party is missing in action. And uh, so obviously they'll be doing this for the next six weeks and then they'll be reassessing their strategy. And then uh, Pibsey Hastings, that's in uh, Mornington Peninsula, they meet at 2pm now, 2pm every Tuesday at Moose Cafe at 28 Victoria Street, Hastings. Now, we've had a, a flood of uh, members come in. Members Membership now is around 150 um, hopefully it will continue to increase rapidly. Public interest before corporate interest is not just a, you know, a group of people trying to be registered as a political party. It's much, much more. It's also about direct action. Because without direct action and political action together, party political stuff together, nothing ever happens. So let's get behind them. Look, I'm sick of tired of people ringing me up and complaining. Let's be honest. I am sick and tired of people ringing me up and complaining. And if you do ring me up and complain, I'll ask you, I'll ask you, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? We're happy to help. But what are you going to do about it? I mean, we're not a service organisation, you know? You pay your $5 and, uh, hey presto, you get your uh, Big Mac, your Big Pipsy. It doesn't work that way. Public interest before corporate interest is a community-centred organisation where individuals are involved in action. So if it sounds like the type of group you'd like to get involved in, obviously we're not perfect. Obviously Pipsy's got a lot of issues, like any other organisation, but at least public interest before corporate interest is out there trying to do something about it. So if you are interested, you can go to the website, pipsy.net. Don't forget the net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. If you want to hold a picnic or a public meeting, let us know. We'll work with you to organise it. You know, we'll send speakers. Quite happy to help people out, to start local branches. doesn't matter where it is in the country, where it is in Australia. But the thing is, there's no point complaining because nobody's listening. Because Pipsy's slogan is very simple. We are the people we've been waiting for not the government of the day not Her Majesty's loyal opposition not the Greens not the bureaucracy not the state government not the local government not your local issue orientated you know, group we are the people we've been waiting for and that's what Pipsy's about it's about 
Whether we succeed or fail in the scheme of things is not the big issue. The big issue is to get people organised, to get people active, to get people to do something because the reason we as a people, we as a country, we as a nation have lost all those gains which were made since Federation to 1975 is because we have forgotten that we are the people we've been waiting for. We have forgotten that we are the people that have changed this country. I mean, getting back to my little mate, Joe Hockey. God, he should he should change his name. I was born before him. Why should I actually be smeared with the same brush as that man? Now, here he is talking about tax cuts. All right, let's get back to this, tax cuts. And he's saying, in Hong Kong, the top level of personal taxation is 15%. And in Singapore, it's 20%. And in New Zealand, it's 33%. And in Australia, it's 42%. Heaven forbid. And I'm thinking to myself, he says, this is terrible. This is horrible. Now I'm thinking to myself, now why are all these Hong Kong and Singapore millionaires putting $5 million into Australia and getting Australian citizenship if things are so great in their country? And why are all these people, you know, They'd love to live in Australia. Well, we'd love to imprison them on Nauru and Manus Island, but would love to live in Australia. Why are people trying to beat the gates down to get into this country? And it's very simple. It's not just a matter of tax rates, little Joe. Or I call him little Joe from now on, and I'm big Joe, okay? Although he's bigger than me, I call him little Joe. It's not just about it. It's about the type of country you live in. I mean... Do you want to live in a country where we attempt to look after the needs of everybody or do you want to live in a country where only the rich and powerful get looked after? I mean, little Joe, that's little Joe Hockey. That's what he's trying to do. That's what he's trying to do. That's the type of society he's trying to build. So little Joe, it is not just about taxation levels. Maybe in those countries where taxation levels are high, the standard of living is higher. And everybody's happier. And maybe we find ourselves in this situation today where a lot of these, you know, things that we've taken for granted have been stripped away that have made us, you know, the envy of the world. Maybe it was because taxation levels were relatively high. But who am I? I'm just a stupid broadcaster. You know, who am I? I'm an idiot. Joe Hockey, little Joe Hockey, he knows everything, doesn't he? He's the treasurer. He knows that if you reduce tax rates for the rich, we'll all happy. We'll all be happy because they'll give it away to us, won't they? Pig's ass. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. You can write to us. Yes, we still answer mail, and those of you who have written to us, if you do send a return address, because it is very hard to write to people who write anonymously. It's interesting to note that those who write anonymously are those that are filled with hate usually. Now, if you're filled with so much hate, why don't you let us know who you are? Because hmm? then maybe we can actually serve you.
make you less hateful. So if you want us to write back, send us a, a return address. Doesn't have to be your post office box. Send it to the local pub. I don't care as long as we can get right back to you. You can write to us at post office box 20 Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.net. Anarchistage at yahoo.net. You can go to the website anarchistmedia.org. And while we're talking about Pipsy, their website pipsy.net. Pipsy.net. They've got a Facebook page. Go to the Facebook page, which is run by Gillian. A fascinating Facebook page. Just put public interest before corporate interest in your search engine. And hey, presto, there you are. Exchange ideas. Want to find out what's going on? Find out more about the Wheeler Centre meeting on Monday the 14th of September? Go to the website. Write to us. Phone us on 0439 395 489. Now, a few more things that are happening. Don't forget the 9th of October, Peter Norman Day, Human Rights Day. We'll talk about that as we get closer. Another great Australian, forgotten, forgotten, forgotten. Don't forget Sunday the 8th of November. A few dozen of us travel up to Murchison. To honour Francesco Fantine, anarchist, atheist, anti-fascist and anti-militarist, murdered at Camp Lovedale in South Australia in 1942. Put that in your diary. And then, don't forget, Eureka Day, 3rd of December. 4am to 10pm. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. Reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations and... uh, Again, a public speaker this 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 year uh, for the Eureka dinner at, from six p.m. sorry seven p.m. onwards at the Eureka Stockade Hotel in Eureka Street in Ballarat is uh, Brett Ogilvie, who is the head of the uh, Ballarat and Western Region Trades and Labor Council. Will be speaking on an interesting subject: the significance of the Eureka Rebellion on the 21st century trade union movement. So there's a lot of things happening and. Before I forget, don't forget, nominations are now open for the Eureka Australia Day medal. If you know somebody who's still alive or somebody who's died, who you believe should be a Eureka Australia Day medal recipient, let us know. And why? Well, there's a lot of people in this country, a lot of people in this country, who do a hell of a lot of work to improve the lot of society, not to improve the lot of their family or to improve the lot of their football club or to improve, you know, their lot, but they do a lot, huge amount of time devoted to looking after the interests of the people of this country. And what do they get for their work? What do they get for their devotion? They get odium. They're marginalised. They're ostracised. They're pushed aside. People point at them, laugh at them. Look at him. Look at her. Worked for Indigenous organisations for the last 30 or 40 years to, you know, improve. <laughs> what an idiot. But this is what the Eureka Australia Day medal out. If you know somebody, if you know somebody who what they've done encapsulate the sentiments that are expressed in the Eureka Oath, we swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties, 
Send us their name and a contact address. Nominate them for a Eureka Australia Day medal. We usually um, allocate six Eureka Australia Day medals every year to interesting people who've, you know, who've done things for the community. Not themselves, as we've seen most uh, traditional Australia Day honours lists, but have done things for the community, their fellow human beings, the people around them, who've actually devoted themselves to these issues. People who have forgotten, written out of the history books. They may have died. We're happy to present the Eureka Australia Day Medal to their relatives or friends. So you can send details to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email it at anarchistage at yahoo.com. I'm not taking any telephone nominations. Put it on paper. Put it on the virtual world. Let us know. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. That's right, the Community Radio Network. Let's move on. Now, I love, I love how transparent the Australian media is. It's just wonderful. Now, you may have forgotten, because it seems to have been kind of gone down a level, decibel or two, you may have forgotten that Justice Dyson Hayden is reflecting on his position on the Royal, the Abbott led, the Abbott uh, uh, Royal Commission into Trade Unions. Now, why did Mr. Abbott conduct a Royal Commission into Trade Unions? Well, it's very simple. Now, Mr. Abbott understands the greatest threat he faces at the polling booth is thousands of trade unionists handing out how-to-vote cards telling people not to vote for the Liberal National Party because of their policies. Very simple. We saw it in South Australia. We saw it in Queensland. We saw it to some extent in New South Wales. And we saw it in the Victorian state election. So he knows, and the Liberal National Party knows, that they need to destroy their greatest electoral opposition, which isn't the Labor Party, it isn't the Greens, it's the trade union movement. So what you do is you call an inquiry to smear the reputation of the trade union movement as a whole. Now, obviously, there are corrupt trade union officials. But I bet you a billion dollars... Not that I've got a billion dollars. If I had it, most likely I'd have my own radio station broadcasting 24 hours a day. But that's what megalomaniacs do. But getting back to the main question, you know, bet you a billion dollars that this man is not going to conduct all Malcolm Turnbull a royal commission into corporate corruption. And I can assure you there's much more corporate corruption in this country than there ever would be trade union corruption. We're just getting back to the Trade Union Commission. So, Justice Dyson Hayden is there pondering his future. Wouldn't it be wonderful we could all be in the same position where we could ponder our future? People come up to us and say, look, mate, you haven't acted properly. You think about it and let us know what you think, whether you should continue in the position. <laughs> I love it. But that's, that's the thing about, you know, the situation. So he's pondering his future. 
So what do you do to avert the gaze of the Australian people from what's happening with the Royal Commission and Trade Unions? You start a bushfire. And on the 25th of August, Presto, in all the major media outlets, including Fairfax and Murdoch, we had all this information about CFMEU senior officials about to face criminal charges. That's right. That's right. That's how big the threat is, isn't it? Police investigations. All leaked. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. Come on. What do you think we are? Stupid? We're not Joe Hockeys. We know what's going on. We're not economic illiterates. We know what this is all about. Diversion politics. Bomb Syria. Criminal charges against top trade union officials. Cows raining down in Maui. Sorry. <laughs> That's how ridiculous this is. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. So next time you read it, you ask yourself, is it true or did I read it in the Murdoch media? Or did I read it in the Fairfax media? Or is it true? Now, I normally don't comment on other radio broadcasters, especially from the ABC, but I thought, and I don't normally listen to other radio stations, apart from stations, you know, some interesting programs, the Community Radio Network. But um, I was listening into Melbourne 774, and... Uh, one of their major presenters, a man called John Fain, had made some slightly, slightly disparaging remarks about Hancock Limited's ability to pay tax. Because let's not forget they've just been fined for actually not putting in their uh, tax, whatever, bits and pieces. Simple, non-specific, disparaging remarks. So what happens? Gina Reidhart's little company, Hancock Limited, calls up the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and asks Mr Fain to retract his statement. Mr Fain, not understanding that, you know, he needs to retract kind of mentioned the fact and didn't retract his statement. The next day, Gina Reinhardt's little people from Hancock Limited call up the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, have a chat to their friends on the ABC board and the next day, poor Mr Fain issues an apology which he almost choked on. Very sad. Now if the Australian Broadcasting Corporation had any guts they would have taken Hancock Limited head on. 
because I am sure Hancock Limited wouldn't like to see all their affairs, as we saw with uh, Madame Hancock's, Gina Reinhardt's um, personal little little argument with her kiddies, you know, be the uh, butt of uh, jokes in this country. But no, in their wisdom, they asked poor Mr. Fane to apologise. Well, John, good on you. There aren't many presenters, and a lot of people make the mistake when they hear somebody in the ABC and they criticise them, thinking that they're somehow independent agents, like we are here on the Anarchist World this week. Well, they're not independent agents. They've got committee meetings, and they've got editorial meetings, and they've got managers, and they've got sub-managers, and they've got an ABC board, which has been hand-picked by the government of the day to reflect the whims of the government of the day, and it just goes on and on and on. And that's why it's important that people continue to support community radio across this country. Because it's community radio, radical community radio, not the usual crappy community radio, but radical community radio, which uh, provides an alternative. Now, we may be right, we may be wrong, but at least we're willing to provide that alternative. It's, uh, it's fascinating how we are seeing those who exercise power trying, like hell, to exercise power over what's left of the independent media in this country. I mean, you do three things. It's simple. You criminalise legitimate political activity. I mean, people like me and you, the listeners to this program, we're marginals, we're ferals, we're not walking in step with the rest of the community. Well, boys and girls, think again. Boys and girls in authority, think again. Because it's people like us who set the political, social and cultural agenda. Without us, there would be no political, social and cultural agenda. It would all be, we worship you, free trade agreement. We worship you, O oh, masters in the Labor Party and the Liberal National Party. We worship you. We worship everything you stand for. Garbage. It's people like us who actually stretch the envelope. We open the envelope and we allow people to jump out and rip up the envelope. That's the strength of community radio, independent community radio, and that's why it's important that our listeners continue to support their local community radio station, because without your local community radio station, you're not going to get this type of analysis. You won't get it. It won't be happening. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Fascinating. Fascinating to live in the land of plenty. The land of milk and honey for some. Now, a lot of people talk about the 1%, 99%. Well, that is bullshit. It is total, total, utter crap. I don't know much about the rest of the world, but I know that in Australia, it's not a 1%, 99% divide. If it was, there would have been revolution generations ago. What we have is a little bit more complex system. 33% of the population rely on Social Security benefits to survive. That's about 8.5 million Australians. Whether it's a disability pension, an old age pension, whether it's a single parent's benefits or a host of other benefits, 33%. 
one third of the Australian population relies on Social Security benefits to survive. They're not part of the one percent, right? Then you have about another forty, forty-five percent of people who are involved in the workforce who are basically taking home $500, $700, a grand, maybe even two grands after taxes, home. So we've got about 80% of the population which I would describe as being squeezed in this country. And then we've got, then we've got another 19% or so that are doing very well out of the current laws that are doing exceptionally well out of laws which promote the interests of those with money and assets instead of promoting the interests of those who require assets like a little bit of a roof over their head or a bit of security for their kids or a little bit of, you know, a little bit of resource into public education. You've got about 20% who are doing reasonably well with the current system. You can negatively gear your second home. One million Australians own a second home. It's not just overseas investors. One million Australians own a second home, which they negatively geared. Then you've got people who can borrow money and actually offset their losses on the stock market. That's right. You can borrow money, right? Borrow money. Invest it in the stock market, the world's biggest casino. Make a loss. And if that loss during the year is greater than your earnings from the stock market you can claim a legal legitimate tax deduction where else but in the land of milk and honey where else but in the land of milk and honey where you get a tax deduction for owning two, three, four, five, six, five hundred homes while you can't get public access to public housing or you can't access a little bit of your superannuation to you know, get a deposit together to get out of the rental market and have a little bit of a little bit of housing security. Where else but in the land of milk and honey? As I said before, it's not ninety nine one; it's twenty eighty, which makes it more interesting. More interesting, obviously. There are the Packers, the Gina Reinhart's, the Stokes, you know, of the world, the billionaires of the world, but uh, they've got a great supporting cast, huge supporting cast. The CEOs of the world. All those board members across the country, all those private security guards that look after their interests, all those politicians which they pull out of their pockets occasionally to spew their forth their drivel. Yeah, that's the beauty. 2080 divide. Forget about this 199. Very simple. You know, I can assure you that 20% of Australians, the majority of that 20% of Australians who are doing very well at the minute, would actually look at a scance if a group like public interest before corporate interest actually got off the ground, started to get involved in large demonstrations, began, began to get involved in workplace activity, wouldn't be very happy, wouldn't be very happy. So that's why public interest before corporate interest is all about. Let's put the public interest before corporate interest, because if we put pub, public interest, is about everybody's interests. And if the 20% of the population that are doing very well at the minute, do less well so the other 80% can actually survive comfortably, why not? What's wrong with that? Is that a sin? 
Maybe you'll have to have only one overseas holiday every six months, not three. Maybe you'll have to have an ordinary moggy or an ordinary doggy instead of a, you know, purebred. Maybe you'll have to have a one-carat diamond instead of a five-carat diamond. Maybe you'll have to drive a, a little Volvo or a Nissan instead of a, you know, a Turak truck or a North Shore truck, eh? Ever thought of it? Amazing. Amazing. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week, broadcast across Australia, the community radio network. Disillusioned? No. How can you be disillusioned <coughs> in such an interesting period? We are in a period of flux. We are in a period of change. The deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, privatisation juggernaut has fallen into a hole like the little, you know, the little thing on Mars, the little, uh, little run around, runabout on Mars fell into a hole, couldn't get out of it. It's the same with them. And we, that's right, you and me, we are the people we've been waiting for. We are beginning to surround them. We are beginning to understand the juggernaut's in a hole and it can't get out. We are beginning to understand that the, that revolution is finished and we're eyeing the spoils of war. We're arguing about how to best dismantle it and share out the goodies. Share out the power. It's not just about goodies, it's about power. Who exercises power? Why that, how that power is exercised? Is it exercised for the good of the community as a whole? Or as we currently see, is it exercised for the good of a sectional interests? That's what it's about. And talking about power, just like to make another appeal. It's been a bit slow for the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective. Look, West Papua Independence, they're marginalised. In 60 years, over half a million people have died in that struggle, less than 240 kilometres from the tip of Australia. There are refugees in this country from West Papua, not that we'd allow any to come in these days, who are involved in the West Papua Independence Movement. And the West Papua Independence Movement has had a significant victory. They have just been uh, accepted into the Malaysian Spearhead Group and have uh, obtained observer status. Now, to a large degree, their ability to coordinate this campaign, and it's important to get that observer status amongst independent nations because it gives you a foot in the United Nations and other world forums, and that's what it's about. And to a large degree, this was able to be organised through their office in Melbourne. And their office in Melbourne, which is at Suite 211, 830, Eight Collins Street in Docklands is actually supported by the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective which I'm the coordinator of and what we do is we raise the money to pay the rent to allow, allow the West Papua Independence Movement to conduct their independent struggle in a way they see fit now it's been going for over 18 months but unfortunately we've lost about 25 members of the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective. We need 75 people, so we're down to 50, or 52, we've had two join up recently. We need 75 people to pay $30 a month into the bank account. Simple. Packet of cigarettes, 
two large pizzas, two Chinese meals, four beers, a restaurant meal, well, you won't get a cafe meal, a few cups of coffee. So if you want to join the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective, we are issuing you an invitation. Come along. Come along to the office, the West Papua Independence Movement office at Suite 211, 838 Collins Street on Sunday the 13th of September, midday to 3pm. Food, entertainment, people, members of the West Papua Independence Movement who are actually in Solomon Islands to represent the interests uh, during the Melanesian Spearhead Group Conference will be speaking. So come along. Want to join it? It's very simple. You can do it anonymously. All you've got to do is put the money in a Commonwealth Bank branch near you. You can do it by email. You can do it through your credit card. You can do it personally. You can do it anonymously. Very simple. So if you want to join the West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective, a group that is making a practical difference. Remember, as Mr Abbott says, told you, it's all about practical reconciliation, boys and girls. Give us a ring. 0439-395-489. Email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Yes, you can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is a podcast. Don't forget to send in your, no- your nominations for the Eureka Australia Day Medal, which will be presented at Ballarat and Eureka Day on the 3rd of December. Don't forget the Pibsey Public Meeting at the Wheeler Centre on, at 6pm on Monday the 14th of September. Go to the Pibsey website, pibsey.net. Go to their Facebook page, Public Interests Before Corporate Interests. Put it in your search engine. Ring me on 0439 395 489. Leave a message. I usually don't answer the phone. I've got better things to do in my life. But I do answer messages on the phone. So if you ring and hang up, bad luck, Charlie. I do answer all letters. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. If your local community radio station does not broadcast the Anarchist World this week, and I'd find that exceptionally unusual, being a megalomaniac, uh, knock on their door. Ask them to broadcast the Anarchist World this week. What have you got to lose? The latest station that's joined us is a station in North Shore in Sydney. It's always nice to broadcast to the people of North Shore, Joe Hockey's seat. I suggest you start looking for a new member. Little Joe doesn't know much. Big Joe knows a little bit more. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week. That plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national, and international events. Poisoning.
brainwash minds. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs>